Psalm number 25. I'm going to take just a short break today from uh, our teaching on supernatural. I'm looking from the natural. So we want to finish something up that we started some time ago and I got back into it this past week in Frankfurt. So I want to finish it here at home. In Psalm 25, verse 12 and 13, let me know when you get there by saying amen. amen. All right, let's read it together. Ready, read. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. Shall inherit the earth. I want to switch, please, to the Living Bible, the same verse, uh, same passage, rather, 12 and 13, from the Living Bible. All right, let's read that together today. Ready, read. Where is the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. He shall live within God's circle of blessing, and his children shall inherit the earth. Father God, today, thank you so much for giving us opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray for these, your people, that God, everyone, in the sound of my voice here and those that are watching online will uh, have open ears, open eyes, open hearts to receive everything that is spoken today. God, as we receive the word with meekness, we know it's able to save our souls. We receive the word as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those who believe. Not the word of man, it's your word. So God, I ask you to simply use me as your vessel to minister, strengthen me in this body, enable me to minister the word of God today. I pray for clarity of, of understanding, of hearing, and clarity of speech. And I pray, Father, that everyone in the word today will be blessed. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to just say a very special thank you. We have, um, uh, just before we left for uh, vacation here and conference, uh, Sister Charlotte Johns Rich joined our church. Father, we're so thankful for her. Amen. She did a great job on that tax uh, seminar we had here a couple weeks ago. That was very powerful. And so we appreciate her making that official. We already consider her family for such a long time. But she made it official, and we appreciate her. I also uh, want to say I got a big, uh, very big phone call on Friday from my brother, uh, Evangelist Warren Anderson, let me know that he and my beautiful sister, Itzel, said that they have been led by the Lord to become part of this church family. So we're so happy. We're so happy. And I'm extremely happy about that. I'm happy for every person that God brings into our church family. And uh, I share with, with Warren as we talk for, uh, at length about that. Um, November the 8th, 2009, I was over visiting what was at that time uh, Touch of God Church, uh, Pastor uh, Joe Mitch. And uh, Prophet Benjamin Smith was there. And at that time, we were called Souls Harvest Fellowship. Some of y'all went with us. There was a Sunday night. And uh, that night, Prophet Ben Smith went off uh, in, in the prophetic. And uh, we have that recording on our website. In fact, I, when I got on the phone with you, I went and found it and just listened to it. Because one thing he said in that prophecy, he said, your brothers are going to work with you. And <laughs> I remember that. I didn't, I mean, I told him on the phone, I said, I remember that night. And I gave him the date, November 8th. 2009, 
And uh, because I remember when the Lord said that through him, I thought, that's, you know, that's wild because that's far out because, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But if the Lord says it, I believe it. And uh, so what, what uh, the call I got was just a part of the fulfillment of prophecy. And so uh, prophecy drew you here. Amen. And uh, I'm just going to throw this little tidbit in here. Uh, they just, you know, retired and built a beautiful house over in Lakeland. And so they drive over from Lakeland every Sunday morning. And they make it here on time. <clears throat> so I'm just throwing that little bit in here. Surely if you're just coming from across town or down the street, they can just make it from Lakeland on time. I think we can all do better. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. This, this past week, this past week, a lot of people were very, very excited. Very, very excited. The last few weeks, in fact, but especially this last week, because there was a possibility in America of winning a $1.3 billion Mega Millions jackpot. Now, so y'all acting like you don't know. <laughs> what? I, was like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know anything about uh, what a jack. One point. No, I didn't know anything about that. People were very excited, Deke. I know not us, but the other people were very excited because there's a chance that people had to win, and there are normally when when. Jackpots, even at, you know, a couple million dollars, a few million dollars. Two statements you hear all the time. One, one statement is they're actually a question. And they'll say like, something like, do you know what I could do with that kind of money? Anybody ever heard that? Do you know what I could do with that kind of money? Well, $1.3 billion, you don't know what you could do with that kind of money. Matter of fact, matter of fact, one of the reasons why God can't get us that kind of money is because we don't know what we can do with it. Because we've, we've not allowed our minds, our souls to expand to the point where God could get that money to us and through us. Most of us have a thousandaire mentality, not a millionaire mentality. I'll come over here. Most of us have a thousandaire mentality. How I know, because the moment you get a thousand, you go through it so quick. It's a thousandaire mentality. Uh, I'm going to throw this in here for free. As a matter of fact, the reason why many people can't get over a thousand, the reason why many people can't even get over the $400 in savings barrier is because they have these trees of poverty that are built in their lives. And if somebody puts a thousand in their hands, the trees tell them to get rid of the 600, 700. Your souls, you're just, you're programmed. You're programmed. And so that's why we have to be transformed by renewing the reprogramming of our minds. So you hear people say that, you know, you know what I can do with that kind of money. The other thing is a statement that people say, and I've heard this many times. In fact, in my, sometimes we just talk about it. You know, we're not going to play, but we just talk about it. Oh, come on now, just tell the truth. Tell the truth. 
Well, what if, what if somebody I knew, they, they won? <laughs> we all thought about it. And so we say things like this. That kind of money would change my family tree. It, kind of, it would change my family tree. But, you know, God has a better system for us. A better plan for us than lotteries. I, I got it. I got uh, an a message. We were talking about that. I got a message in here. I haven't preached yet. It's in, it's in the in the storehouse. Uh, on uh, I could pull notes on it. But four four of the of the dumbest wealth building strategies you could have. One is lottery. Uh, one is lawsuits. One is uh, legacy. And and the other one is uh oh man. I got them in there. Y'all don't really care. Don't worry about it. Oh, y'all care? Okay. Okay, let me, let me, let me. <laughs> yeah. I do care. Okay. Uh, let me find, let me find my, uh, my note. I got it. I got it noted out here. I'll preach it. Yeah, I, I could hit search, but it's, it's, there it is. Oh, y'all don't want to hear the other one. What's the first one I told you? Lotteries. That's gambling. See, y'all trying to make me preach the message. uh, All right, I'll just give you this. That's the premise of it. So lottery, lottery, which is gambling. And the thing about that that's wrong with that is that you risk what you have to get something you want. And it's uncontrollable as opposed to just working. Number two is lawsuits. And with lawsuits, something bad has to happen. Tragedy, injury, something harmful got to happen to you. The next one I said, legacies. That's death, which means somebody has to, somebody leaves you something. Well, I don't mind, but, that, but somebody you love has to die for that to happen. I mean, God can do better than having somebody you love die. Now, the fourth one y'all don't want to hear, but I'm going to give it to you since y'all are urged me on. The fourth one was loans. Loans as a wealth building strategy is stupid. Don't, don't, don't make a loan anything more than what it is. It's just a loan. Not, it's not a wealth building strategy. Okay, I'll, I'll preach that some other time. Because with a loan, you 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 risk tomorrow for the satisfaction of today. So, but I'll preach that some other time. So, the odds of winning that jackpot, I went back and looked it up deep, was one in three hundred and two million. That was the odds of winning that jackpot. And there was actually one winning ticket that was purchased in Illinois. Anybody know anybody in Illinois? No. Okay. That might be your people, brother. Uh, back in time days. 
I'll move them to the east side. I don't know if there's any good side of Chicago anymore, bro. I don't know. Matter of fact, the, the wealthiest man in Chicago just left. The wealthiest man in Chicago, he owns a company, a uh, major uh, hedge fund uh, firm, and uh, he left. He said, I got to get out of Chicago. He moved him, him and his family and his whole uh, company is moving to Miami. They're moving, yeah, they're all moving to Florida, Texas. Anyway, so gambling is not part of God's strategic plan for your prosperity. Okay? And people want to change their family tree. But how do I do that? If I don't win the lottery, if I don't go to the NBA, I saw you balling yesterday. The NBA is not in your future. You're skilled and everything, but this is not in your future. What if you don't go to the NFL, MLB? What, what if you don't? What if you don't? What if you don't strip off all your clothes and become a Hollywood star? See, what, what do you do to change your family tree if you don't have those things? Well, God has a plan. And God's plan isn't just to bless you. It's to change your family tree. Are y'all okay with that? So today I want to talk about how to change your family tree without playing the lottery. How to change your family tree without playing the lottery. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. And I'm going to look at it from the, uh, the Living Bible, please. So they'll put on the screen for us. Most of us don't travel with the Living Bible. Because, you know, you got to notice because in, 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 in gambling of any sort, I mean, gambling of any sort, the odds are against you. Making it to the NBA or NFL or MLB or Hollywood or whatever you're going to do, be a, I'm, I'm going to be a TikTok influencer. The odds are still against you. I'm going to be a YouTuber. Everybody, you know, we, we were doing a camp the other day with these kids. We volunteered. Our family did. And we, we had all these hundred, hundreds of kids from all over St. Pete in this camp. And uh, so I start, you know, mess, and meddling with the kids. You know, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? You know, and I start questioning them, asking them little questions, how smart, you know, see what their kind of grades are. But like they, like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm like, great. God, everybody going to be a YouTuber. The odds are against you. To change your family tree, being a YouTuber. You're better off just getting a job. Y'all didn't say anything. You're better off getting a job working. Y'all are real quiet there. Y'all must have YouTube accounts. Y'all trying to. Okay. Keep your clothes on now. You got to say that today, boy. People got these private things going on. But the odds are against you. But God is for you. Tell your neighbor, the odds are against you. But God is for you. And if God be for you, come on. Who can be against you? Okay? So God has a plan to change our family trees. Because God is not just interested in your prosperity and your well-being 
He's interested in multi-generational well-being. Got it? Look here in Psalm 25, verse 12 and 13. In the Living Bible, it says this, again, where is the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. He shall live within God's circle of blessing, and his children shall inherit the earth. I want you to take notice, please, of three words. Number one, best. Best. He will teach him how to choose the what? Best. Best. Number two, blessing. Blessing. Live in the God's circle of blessing. And number three, inherit, or for sake of, of this time, inheritance. So God, his plan, if we will do what he requires, is the best, is blessing, and inheritance. Y'all got it? I'm about to say the best. Now, you remember when I preached this some time ago, I taught on how to choose the best. And uh, Ezekiel uh, 20, verse 6, in the New Living Bible, New Living Translation, rather, when God talks about the children of Israel, he said, I brought them out of Egypt. Now, remember when they got over into Egypt, God put them in the best? Y'all remember that? When they went to Egypt under Joseph, God put them in the best that Egypt had to offer? But remember, Egypt represents the world system, and Egypt represents the limiter. It's the limitations. So they had the best under limitations. They had the best, but it still wasn't theirs. They had the best, but they, thank you, Lord, but they still didn't own it. And God wants you to have the best, but he wants you to own the best. Some of us better, better get ready to move from renting to owning. Because he wants you to not just possess the best, but to own the best. Y'all better receive that today. So in Ezekiel 20, verse 6, the New Living Translation, he says, I brought them out of Egypt, or I brought them out of limitations, I brought them out of the world system to a land I had discovered and explored for them, a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Watch what he says now. Not just the best of Egypt, but now the best of all lands anywhere. So God said, for my people, I gave them the best land on the planet. I searched it out, I spied it out, I discovered it, I explored it, I found it for them and said, that's where I want my people. Just like when God made Adam, God didn't put Adam in the ghetto, in the hood, in the projects. God put Adam in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Luxury, Pleasure, and Delight. That's where God wants you and me to live. Can you say amen? Matter of fact, give me your, your loudest hallelujah right now. Oh, I, I can hear it with that ear. I heard that with that ear right there. Good. In Isaiah 119, the New American Standard Bible says, it says this, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. So again, God knows what's best, and he wants to teach us how to recognize and choose the best. So best. Remember he said, where's the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. Choose the best. Then he goes on to say this in verse 13. Verse 13. In the New King James, if you have the New King James Bible on your lap, it'll say, he himself shall dwell in prosperity. He himself shall dwell in prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. prosperity. That, that's, that's not a cuss word. It's a covenant word. Did you hear that? It's not a cuss word. It's a covenant word. It's God's plan. 
But in the Living Bible, it says it this way, that he shall live within God's circle of blessing. So notice God has a circle of blessing. So that means we're supposed to be blessed or living in that circle where we're blessed no matter where we go. Bless in the city, bless in the field, bless we come in, bless we go out, bless, bless in, in Kentucky, bless in Florida, bless in Lakeland, bless in Frankfurt, bless in California, bless in Gulfport, bless in Palmetto, bless in Tiny Rabonia. You can move to Lebanon and still be blessed. See, people think that the blessing has to be up, is about where you are. No, because see, the problem is wherever you go, there you are. So the blessing must be on you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When, when in Genesis 14, Genesis 13, rather, when, when Abraham and Lot's servants got into a quarrel and they began to fight about, you know, because Abraham and Lot were so blessed, both of them, that the land couldn't contain them, uh, uh, Abraham said, listen, let there be no strife between us. He said, look out over the land and choose wherever you want. He said, if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. Why? Because Abram knew the blessing wasn't on the land, the blessing was on him. So it doesn't matter if I'm in Orlando or Atlanta or Largo. Because folk think I got to go to Atlanta to prosper. Problem is, if you're not a prosperous soul, you're going to go broke in Atlanta just like you've been broke in St. Pete. It's not about where you go, it's what you got. I know that's not, that's not good English, but I'm going to say it again. It's not about where you go. It's about what you got. And if you live within a circle of blessing, then no matter where you go, no matter where you are, you're blessed. Can you say amen? In Psalm number 5, verse 11 and 12, Psalm number 5, verse 11 and 12, says this, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. Because you defend them. There's a circle around you. There's a hedge of protection around you. There's a hedge of blessing around you. That's why Job was so prosperous and the devil couldn't defeat him because he had a hedge of protection. And that, that's, what, that's why the devil had to say, God, you've blessed everything that he does. He said, but, but if you take that hedge down, I can get to him. I can't touch him because you got a hedge around him. When you're in a circle of blessing, the devil cannot touch you. He cannot defeat you. You got it? Now, he might sneak in and, and try, to, try to disrupt your, your sleep and disrupt your, your manner and everything, but no, I'm in a circle of blessing. That means it's all going to work out. Just hit your neighbor on the shoulder. Tell him it's all going to work out. You're in the circle. You're in the circle. You're in the circle. Are you in the circle? Are, are you, okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Are, are you still in bounds? See, if you go out of bounds, you're on your own. But if you stay in bounds, in the circle, you're covered. You got it? So he says, because you defend them. Let, all, let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Now look at verse 12, please, verse 12. For you, O Lord will bless the righteous with favor you will do what surround means encircle him as with a shield so there's a shield of favor a shield of blessing all around me hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, Abraham lived in that circle. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, Jesus, Paul, Jonathan. I'm in that circle. And I'll tell you, if you're running with me, you're in a good circle. <laughs> people, people worry about what circles that you're running in. You better run with me, man. You better run with me as I run with Christ. Is that what Paul said? Didn't Paul say that? Run with me as I run with Christ? I know I'm putting it in the hood. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, Paul said, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, the, I'm in that good circle, so keep, stay in my circle. All right, now, what's life like in the circle? Look at Psalm number 34. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Verse 7 through verse 11. These are all very important scriptures. I'm going I'm to show you why here in a few moments. Are you there in Psalm 34? Remember, we just read that God defends us over in Psalm 511. And verse 12, he surrounds us with his favors with a shield. Yes, so we're in the circle. You got it? Yes. Okay, verse 7 of Psalm number 34. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps, what? All around, All around. who? Now don't forget that line. And delivers them. Got it? So the angel of the Lord, now when you see that, it doesn't say angels. It said the angel. Implication is this is the Lord Christ himself, the God of angel armies, is surrounding his people in camps all around. You're in the circle, God's circle of blessing. You got this? Verse 8, oh, taste and see. Now, we're in the circle now, Elder Baker. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Don't say, come on, sir. Don't, don't say that. Did he say, come on, sir, again? Ugh. We were thinking, Elder Baker, because I saw you on the basketball court yesterday. You said, come on, sir. I was like, that Baker's Eatery, boy, Baker's Eatery, you tasting and seeing. You're a little slower than you were last year. Shaped a little different than you were last year. But they, they make some good food in their, in their Baker's Eatery. Me tasting and tasting and seeing. Why? Because he's in the circle. Everybody in the house, they in the circle. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you're in the circle, try everything out. No, y'all didn't get that. When you're living in God's circle of blessing, try everything. Take, take a sample of that healing. Take a sample of that anointing. Take a sample of that miracle. Take a sample of that breakthrough. Take a sample of that prosperity. Just try, try, don't, 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 hey. 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his It's all in a circle. It's all in a circle. You and I should live in a circle and not be tasting everything God has for us. All right, let me, let me get on this here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Watch verse 9. Here it is. Oh, for the Lord, you as saints. Now watch what happens when you live in a circle. There is no want. That word want means need or lack to those who fear him. I better read it again. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want or lack or insufficiency to those who fear him. If, you're, if you are experiencing lack or insufficiency, you got to check on your fear. I'll deal with that later. Verse 10, the young lions lack. Why wow, they're not in a circle and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Any good thing. How many of y'all need some good things in your life? We shall not lack any good thing. Matter of fact, the word thing is italicized, which means it was added for clarity, but you could really say, shall not lack any good. We shall not lack any good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Psalm 84, verse 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So God's not withholding any good thing from us. Woo! Woo! Taste and see. Verse 11, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you what? Do me a favor, media, please switch to the, uh, the easy-to-read version. That same passage, Psalm 34, 7 through 11. Psalm 34, 7 through 11. I'm not going to be long today, if the Lord's willing. Lord's willing. Creek don't rise. Psalm 34, verse 7. The Lord's angel builds a camp around his followers. Come on. And he protects them. Verse, verse 8. Give the Lord a chance to show you. Tell neighbor, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Say yes to God. Say yes to the Lord. Stop blocking God's goodness in your life. What does he mean, give him a chance? What does he mean? Well, I'm giving a chance. No, 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 no. You keep running to other sources, other resources. He said, before you do anything else, give God a chance first to show you how good he is. He wants to lavish his goodness. He wants to lavish his abundance. He wants to lavish all of his greatness on your life. He said, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. To show you how good he is, he says, great blessings belong. Y'all look at me like y'all know this. Great blessings belong to those who what? Who stay in the circle. Stay close to home. My wife and I lament. We lament. This is this. I'm about to put out some personal laundry. We we lament because we have four wonderful, beautiful children. We love and adore, and just I mean, have made us all four of them. That just made us so proud beyond, uh, um, you know, explanation. 
But our oldest child, we, we keep trying to get her to let us show her how good we are. It's like, it's like she's, she's got this mentality. She probably watches, so she's going, Dad! We're trying to, because she's got this thing where she's grown and she's trying to be self-sufficient. Huh? She is self-sufficient. You know, and it's like, we're trying to just, girl, okay, we're not broke like we were when you were three. Four. Five. You know what I'm saying? Things have changed. Things have shifted a little bit. So, 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 it's almost like I'm trying to make it up, you know, just for all the years that, and I know I don't have to make it up, but it's like, I just want you to know, girl, just let us, let us hook you up. Come, come, move, move home with daddy and mom. You ain't got to pay no rent. Just come on. Make, go make you all the money you want. I just want you around me in the house. to eat with us, you ain't got to pull out your checkbook, your car, you, baby, you, you, you. Girl, come home. Let us love on you. Well, I want to be independent. Great blessings belong to those who depend on you. And too many people in the body of Christ are trying to be independent of God. That's what happens, I explained to you in Philippians 4. When you, when you lack, you cry out to God of everything. But all of a sudden, you start getting some jingle in your pocket, and you stop crying out to God of everything. You become independent. Okay, let me keep going for the sake of time. Verse 9, verse 9, verse 9. The Lord's holy people should fear and respect him. Those who respect him will always have what they need. Keep going, verse 10. Even strong lions get weak and hungry, but those who go to the Lord for help will have everything. Are you seeing this here? Are, 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 is anybody hearing a challenge from the Lord right here? Verse 11, verse 11. Children, come. And listen to me, I will teach you to respect the Lord. Now, remember in King James and New King James, they use the word fear. So it says, I will teach you to respect the Lord. Okay, now that's very important. But let's go back to Psalm 25, our key scripture here. Psalm 25. Because, again, three words I wanted you to note. Best, blessing, and inherit or inheritance. Okay? Because we're teaching today about how to change your family tree. I'm not teaching about how to prosper, but how to change your family tree. Okay? So, verse 13 of Psalm 25, Living Bible says, He shall live within God's circle of blessing. And watch this last part here. And his children shall inherit the earth. And his children shall inherit the earth. And his children. 
Now notice before he talked about that man who fears God, it said God shall teach him how to choose the best. Then it says he will live in God's circle of blessing. But now God shifts the attention to his children. And his children shall inherit the earth. So what I note from this then is that how I live, how I walk with God has a profound effect on the future of my children and future generations. Now don't y'all shut down on me down here. Preach about my money, Pastor. Oh, no, 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 no. Because a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And more than just money. We should leave money to our children and our children's children. The Bible, the Bible even says, Paul said this to the church of Corinth. He says, the children don't store for the father, but the father stores up for the children. Y'all missed that. The children don't store for the father or the parents. The parents store for the children. Which means, watch this, that when you and I uh, are aged, we shouldn't have to be looking at our children to take care of us. And I know that's some of y'all retirement plan. When I get old, my children are going to take care. No, 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 that's the wrong retirement plan. That's not God's plan. Paul said the children don't lay up for the parents. The parents lay up for the children. That's why you better have some money put away or be insured. Y'all got quiet. I know because most of y'all black. And the black community, we go fund me funerals and all that kind of stuff and fish fry funerals. That's not God's plan. Hang on, hang on, leave the money for them people be living off me because I'm now I'm dead, now they gonna live good. Why not? All the hell you put them through while you were living, at least they ought to live good when you're gone. Excuse me, oh, excuse me. It's that ear. So the inheritance you leave for them goes beyond money. There's an inheritance, a legacy of faith, a legacy of integrity, a legacy of holiness, a legacy of righteousness, a legacy of walking with God that we must leave. And if we do it properly, in other words, if we live right, can I still say that in 2022? If we live right, I know in 2022 people are calling good evil and calling evil good, but you got your Bible. I don't care who preaches what, you still have your Bible. I'm going to come on this side because they they didn't say anything. Y'all got it. I don't care who preaches what, you still have your Bible. You know what's right and you know what's wrong based on your Bible. And don't give me your new 2022 interpretation of it. No, the same thing that it said, you don't need no progressive revelation. You don't need no progressive theology. 
Don't remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Y'all don't know that scripture. Don't remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. <laughs> so, so there's a way if we live right, then something happens to and for our children. Y'all don't like it. But it's in the scripture. Go back to verse 12. We're going to read through it. Where is the man who fears the Lord? Here's the results. God will teach him how to choose the best. That's for you. Verse 13. He shall live within a circle of blessing. That's for you. But it says, and his children shall inherit the earth. Can you say something today? So my walk with God has a profound effect on my family tree, regardless of, regardless of my upbringing. Watch this. I'm going to help somebody. And regardless of my present state. What do you mean by that, Pastor? That means even if right now you're in a place where, okay, I didn't do everything right. I'll come over here. I didn't do everything right. I had the children and I was still... I was still kind of out there, and you know, I was up for them streets. Still rolling on the block. And, and my children weren't necessarily raised right. The Bible didn't place a bearing on the age of your children. Oh, my goodness. There's no caveat here that says as long as they're still in your house, this applies. Because if I today start, I make up in my mind, I make a quality decision that God, that this day, from this day forward, I'm going to live right and do everything you tell me to do. I have a promise. I don't care if my child is 37 years old and they out drinking, cussing, smoking, and tipping. I have a promise from you that my children shall inherit the earth. And I don't know what you have to do to turn things around. I don't know who you got to bring in their life. I don't know what situation they got to be in. But I have a promise from you that if I do what you say, my children, it didn't say his young children. Some of you need to know that because you was like, oh, I don't, you know, my children is too, no, 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 no. Get your reason, your limits off God's word. Your son could be struck out on crack right now, this as we speak right now. And God has the power to send an angel to slap the crack pipe right out of their hands, knock them right off their high, and make them come running, dragging, kicking, screaming right into the house of God. I know God can do it. I can knock them off their beast, dude. But it's important for you and me to understand that my lifestyle has a bearing on the future of my children and my future children. Oh, my. 
Proverbs 20, verse 7. Proverbs 20, verse 7. Can we back this up here? Oh, man, I, I, I need to finish this today. I need to finish this today. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The righteous man does what? What kind of man? Does what? What kind of man? Does what? What happens? His children. So a righteous man walks in his integrity. I, I've t- my brother and I, we've talked about that many times. When we think about how we were raised, God bless us to be born into a Holy Ghost-filled family. And my parents raised us, we believe raised us right, because we all, you know, we all, you know. And, and we just, I thank God all the time. God, I'm just so thankful because you, you put me in that family. Get, let me be born to that holy man of God, that holy woman of God. And because they walked in their integrity, we're blessed. The blessings that I'm enjoying, the blessings of my brothers and my sisters that we're enjoying are because of, not only because of our lifestyles, but because of their lifestyle. Their walk was a seed. Tell, tell somebody next to you, your walk is a seed. How you live is a seed. You know how, how some, sometimes they, they tell you, Sister Carol, you know, hey, you need to lose weight. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people in general. Okay. They say, you need to lose weight. I don't want to lose no weight. Do it for your children. You ever heard people say that? You, you need to quit smoking. Um, I don't want to quit smoking. I enjoy smoking. It's killing you, but I enjoy. Well, if you can't stop for yourself, stop for your children. So I'm going to throw this in here. You feel like you can't stop hunching. Stop hunching for your children. Hey, lay, lay, your, hand, lay your hands on my ear. Lay. Oh, Stop shucking, stop jiving. And if you can't do it for yourself, think about your children. Because if you walk in your integrity, your children will be. Don't tell me you love your children. You love your children? If you can't quit for yourself, quit for your children. You live right. First of all, he's going to teach you how to choose the best. You've been choosing the less all these times. I don't know why I keep ending up with that kind of man, because you keep choosing him. You, that's, you keep choosing him. See, I don't hear it, so I don't know what's coming out. It's, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. My children will be blessed. Because I don't care what happens. I don't care who quits. I don't care who tries to scheme and, 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 and these pulpit pimps and all that kind of stuff. Elder Warren, I don't care about that. I'm going to walk in my integrity. We 
we're going to make sure of it, right? She'll tell on me too. Can I, can I go keep going here? Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. I know you know this, but let's put our eyes on it. Psalm 37, 25. Look, look at what David the psalmist says. He says, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor, nor his descendants begging bread. When I drive by sometimes and I see, you know, you pass by a church or somewhere and they have the free food lines and the lines are wrapped around the corner and the cars wrapped up and down the street and I, I say within myself, I will never be in that line and my children will never be in that line. And I'm not picking on people who are in that line. But I'm saying there's a promise I have from God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I remember a time a few years back, I was dealing with some, uh, I, was, I was starting to, I was, I was letting my soul get agitated by some stuff, and I was starting to stress out and worry about me leaving here early. And it began to affect my heart. My heart was, was starting to raise. My heart was starting to act crazy. I'm like, what is this stuff? And I was like talking to my wife and my kids like, okay, hey. If, and my wife, she, she said, John, settle down. She said, if you left here, You've already poured in enough for us. You've already put enough inside of us that we know how to make it. Do you know how that settled me down and all those issues I had just... Because it wasn't my heart. It was the issue, the stress and anxiety of me worrying. I was letting worry get in there. Pastor, yeah. Pastor, yeah, I was. But see, when we remember this word here, my children will never have to beg for bread. And notice what it says, and your descendants. That's not just the first generation. Can I show you this? Can I, I'm, I'm going to show you this here. I heard somebody say a thousand. I'm going to show you this here. Look, look at Abraham. Look at Abraham for a second. Look at Abraham. I'm, I'm going to take you to Genesis 17 and 7. Let's go there first. Genesis 17, 7. Notice what God says to Abraham. He says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generation. For an everlasting covenant to be your God, to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Now, I got to throw this in here. I want to go back to Genesis 15 because there's some of you sitting in here and you say, well, Pastor, I don't have children. So I don't have descendants to even worry about, descendants to think about. Well, let me say this first of all. You still got to live right. I said you still have to live right. Why, Pastor? Because hell is hot and eternity is just too long. Say that, but you still have to live right. Holiness is still right. 
Abraham had the same issue. But I want you to see Abraham's attitude. Because I, I believe this was put on my heart to share this, and I don't know who this is for, but this, you grab this and it might bless you. Genesis 15, verse, uh, verse 1. Let me start at verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1. After these things, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your, ex, your shield, your exceedingly great reward. In other words, I'm going to bless you. I'm your abundant compensation. I'm going to bless you with so much you can't keep it all. Now watch Abram's response here, Eduardo. Watch verse 2. Verse 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? God, what will you give me? Why would you bless me so much, seeing I go childless? In other words, he understood that all this wealth means nothing if I don't have anybody to give it to. I better back up here. I better get back behind this. So if I don't ever have somebody to leave this to, why am I working so hard? Why am I trying to build a multi-million dollar business? Why am I trying to build a big career and make all this money if I don't have anybody to leave it to? I better think about that. Some of you single folk, some of you married folk, and you don't have children yet. What's it worth if you don't have anybody to leave it to? You're going to leave it all to the state? Oh, no, I'm going to leave it to my sisters and my brothers. That's not how inheritance works. It's supposed to pass down. So watch Abram's attitude. He says, and the heir of my house. Y'all didn't catch it. And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Now, Eleazar was his servant, but he adopted him as his son. So some of you say, well, I'm waiting on the Lord to give me my child. Well, okay, he was waiting too because he had a promise in Genesis 12. But he said, I still I already have an heir though. Okay, y'all don't, okay, keep, verse three. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So he counted Eleazar as his heir. I got to leave all this to somebody. So while I'm waiting on my manifestation, what, what heir can you adopt? What little child whose mother and father have forsaken them can you take up? And give them an inheritance of righteousness and holiness and godliness and prosperity as opposed to a life of dismal futures. Now that's for somebody. That's for somebody. Because it is the question, what is it all worth? Why am I doing all this if I, I'm not going to have anybody to leave it to? Well, I'm going to wait until I get married before I adopt. <laughs> Why? Because if you already had a child, 
from your own womb and you find enough, he'll still marry you. Am I right, Christopher? Or man, she'll still marry you. So you can adopt now. Because an heir makes it worth it. An heir gives it meaning. An heir gives you meaning. All right, let's get back on task here. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Oh, man. I'm going to slip clean out of time here. Listen to God, his, his, his mold. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for what? A thousand, A thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So when, he's, when we're talking about your descendants after you, don't just think your child. You can think your grandchild and your great-grandchild and your great-great-grandchild and your great-great-great, even to a thousand generations, God will keep covenant. If you establish a legacy of holiness and godliness and righteousness, of faith, God will bless your generations, generations, generations after you. We're talking about not just you changing your life, we're talking about you changing your family tree. Because some of us were, were born, the trees we were born into was uh, nut trees. Fruit trees. But we can change our family tree. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Genesis 18, verse 17 through 19. We can change our family tree. It, it can change from here on down. Look at what God says about Abraham. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So God says, for me to bring to Abraham what I've spoken to him, I trust him to teach his children. Y'all didn't catch that. For me to bring to Abraham what I've spoken to him, I'm trusting him to teach his children. Because he's going to leave a legacy. He's changing not just his life, but his family tree. You've heard him called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because God's interested in more than just one generation. All right. Let's, let's wind this to a, to a close. Let's get on the closing road here. So what's the key to all this? How, how do we bring our families into the circle of blessing? How do we 
how do we make this thing happen now for our family tree? Let's go back to Psalm 25, verse 12. Psalm 25, verse 12. New King James Version says it this way. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Now, all the things that we read, the results, choosing the best, circle of blessing, children, having an inheritance, comes out of part A of verse 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Because you and I can get all excited about all the blessings and all the prosperity and all the goodness and our children being all this and that, but if we don't qualify... I said, if we don't qualify, then we don't get those results. Because this isn't for everybody. It's a specific person. In fact, the, the living Bible says, says it this way. Where is the man? Which means, like, God, I'm looking for that one. You know how the Bible says, who can find a virtuous wife? A virtuous woman, her price is far above rubies. The Bible says, a faithful man is hard to find. So this man who fears him, he says, he's not the everyday fellow. Or we could say the everyday woman. A lot of folks sit right here in church today and not fearing God. You, you know how I know you're not fearing God? Because while I'm preaching God's word, you're just talking and smacking, and you're just all on your phone, and you're doing all kind of other stuff. You're just giggling. <laughs> you don't fear God. Well, he's like, no, you don't. God's talking. God's talking right now, and you're not even paying attention to what God's saying. You don't reverence God. See, this fear is not being afraid. It's a reverential respect for God. It's a reverence for his holiness, for his royalty, for his majesty. God, I stand in awe. When you speak, I'm going to listen. What you say, I'm going to do. Because you carry that much weight in my life. So the person who qualifies for family tree change. I, Elder Baker, I'm not picking on you, man. I, I, my NBA days are over, too. I didn't even get on the court yesterday. I'm not going to get out there and break my ankle. Running a whole court. One. Hey, sub, 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 sub. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. But I don't have that shot. NFL, I don't have that shot. Back in my neighborhood, I was all-time quarterback. I was the best quarterback in my whole neighborhood. But those days are over. I said in my neighborhood. I didn't say my high school team. I said my neighborhood. Between Walton Street, 26th Street, 25th Street, between 22nd Avenue and 18th Avenue, Tangerine and Lake Lakeview, I was all-time quarterback. I was voted all neighborhood. See? But to qualify for this, he says... You need to be a man or woman who fears the Lord. Who fears the Lord. 
Real quickly, I'm going to give you just a few scriptures here on what that looks like. And you're going to see a theme repeated over and over again. Are you ready for this? Proverbs 3, verse 7. Proverbs 3, verse 7. This is so simple. This is so simple, it's going to change your life. The simplicity is matched by its profundity. That just means it's simple and profound at the same time. Look at this, Proverbs 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and... One, Proverbs 14, verse 16. Can I give you another one? Here's another thing that about fearing the Lord. You there? A wise man fears the Lord and does what? See, that's something else you got to do. The first one he told us to depart from evil. Second thing he said is depart from evil. You'll get it by Thursday. Proverbs 16, verse 6. Proverbs 16, verse 6. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity, or God pays, you know, covers those things. And by the fear of the Lord, one does what? Is it saying the same thing over and over again? What does fearing the Lord look like? It means you leave evil. We don't need a theologian with a doctorate degree to explain this to us. Some of y'all finished Bible school first year. Some of you didn't. If, if, you, if you didn't even enroll, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure this out. In other words, he's telling us, D, how to qualify to be able to choose the best, live in the circle of blessing, and have my children's lives changed for generations. Say, so fear the Lord. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Pastor, there's got to be something else. Okay, Proverbs 8, 13. We'll see a different one in here. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord Oh, wow. It's to hate evil. Pastor, you should have you done a better job of putting this message together. I'm just, See, because some people are looking for something so deep and gloss right over the simple. Trying to figure out why my life, my life, isn't coming up to par based on what God's word says. Let alone what I'm doing for my children's lives, my children's futures. And he's saying it's real easy. Depart from evil. Hate evil. Put up a. I'm going back to my Kojic upbringing here. Romans 12 9. Romans 12 9. Romans 12 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Oh, y'all, King James? Oh, let's try King James. Let's see if King James is maybe a little soft on it. 
Let love be without dissimulation. Okay. Here's the middle part. Abhor. Do y'all know what abhor means? It is a strong dislike. It is hate on another level. You know how you can have anger and you can have wrath? Okay, let me explain. What's the difference between anger and wrath? Anger is how you feel. Wrath is what you do with that anger. That's why the Bible says be angry and sin not. You can be angry, but wrath is, okay, I'm about to jump on your head. Anybody ever felt like that? Come on now, you've been angry with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your brother, your sister, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't show wrath, wrath. You might have hit them, but you didn't wrath, wrath. You just kind of. So the difference between hate and abhor is hatred is how you feel towards it, but to abhor evil means you, oh, oh, I can't, I'm going to leave it. It's. It, it makes me sick. It, it's, oh, oh. See, some of us just go beyond just hating it to abhorring it. I can't stand the sight of it. I can't stand the sight of it. I remember, I remember when I've told y'all this, this is no secret about this, this is my testimony how I used to be addicted to pornography. I got quiet, y'all got it. I used to be addicted to pornography, even as a Christian. Because some things, some strongholds we have in our minds that if we don't break those strongholds, we stay in bondage for years until we get delivered. Look at y'all looking at it. Look, at, look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. And I wasn't delivered. I didn't have victory over that. I'm loving God, serving God, but didn't have victory in that area of my life. I knew I had already gotten victory over it, but the victory was, I knew it was complete. I, I mean, I know it was just a show enough. When one day I saw something with my natural eyes and it made me sick to my stomach. I mean, I got so, so uh, nauseous. I, uh, I had to run. Because now I don't just hate it, I abhor it. Now I know I'm delivered. See, and if you keep dibble dabbling and messing around and seeing how close, that, that's what I used to do. I used to see how close I was. I if you keep seeing how close, you don't hate it yet. If you keep entertaining the call and entertaining the, the video, you're not, you're not hating it yet. You're not abhorring it yet. And you, you, you want God to prosper you. He says, no, I, I'm going to prosper you if you fear the Lord. Well, how do I know if I fear the Lord? I go to church. No, no, no. You hate evil. Y'all don't like this, man. Y'all don't like this. You, you don't hate evil yet. You don't hate it yet. You don't hate it yet. You, don't, you keep entertaining it. You don't hate it yet. telling you right now prophetically that the difference between you living how you're living and where you're living and the way things are now and moving in
the fullness of God is now just taking a step into no, I hate that. seen people who they were all in love all in love and one day something happens and now they can't stand each other they, they hate each other I hate the sight of them I just, if that's possible then the sins that you and I used to love, the sins that used to be pleasurable, something happens on the inside of us when you really, really get sold out for Jesus, when you really, really get sold out for the kingdom, when you really have your heart fixed and your mind made up to serve the Lord, what you used to love, all of a sudden you just... Get it from around me. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to see it in a movie. I don't want to see it on TV. I don't want to hear it in a song. Family, if you're going to be over there doing that, I'm not coming to the party. I'm not, I'm not coming to the cookout of y'all doing that. You so anti-social. No, I'm anti-sin. I hate it now. I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate sin. I don't hate you, but I hate sin. I love you. Can't go around all that smoking and get all congested. Maybe smoking don't have an effect on you, but if I get around it, it bothers me. But that's how I feel about sin. I can't go around all my sin and get my, my soul congested. It's what the Bible said about Lot, that Lot, while he was there in, 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 in Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, the Bible says that he was oppressed by the wicked, wickedness that was around him. And then he vexed his righteous soul by the things he saw. When sin starts to vex you, you know you're in a place where you hate evil. Now you have to have in the balance now where you love people. You have to love people because people who are in sin, they don't know it's wrong. If people knew what they was wrong, they wouldn't just do it. They don't know this wrong. They're, they're deceived. So we got to love them. But, hey, for the sake of my own and my children's future, I can't run with that. Oh, my. Okay, let's finish this right here. Psalm 128, verse 1 through 4. How many of y'all fear the Lord? Well, I think so, Pastor. Well, check. Do you hate what you used to do?
Not hate yourself. And the devil will get you, get you where you start hating yourself. No, don't do that. No, hate what you used to do. You got to love yourself. I say you better love yourself. Even if you're still struggling, you better still love yourself. Psalm 128, verse 1 through 4. Blessed is everyone who does what? Who walks in his ways. Keep going. Keep going. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. All this is coming from fearing the Lord. You shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Keep going. Your wife, oh, my Lord, 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 shall be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus the man shall the man be blessed. Can I have two more minutes on you? Just for that one. Look, give me that same thing in the, in the Living Bible. Living Bible, Living Bible, Living Bible, Living Bible, Living Bible, Living Bible. Oh, my. Living Bible. Watch this. Blessings on all who reverence and, reverence and trust the Lord, on all who obey him. Keep going, keep going. Their, their reward shall be what? Keep going. Your wife shall be contented in your home. She's going to be happy at home. Girl going to be happy at home. She ain't going to be looking at Tom and Dick and Harry. Or Sally. And look at all those children. There they sit around the dinner table. There they sit around. Your children, your children will be sitting around your table. Your children are not going to be in their in they room in front of their TV with a plate. So they're going to be gathered around the table. Well, I got too many children. You need a bigger table. And God will give it. He said they're going to be around your table. That means he's obligated to give you a table big enough and a room big enough to put it in. As vigorous and healthy as young olive trees, that is God's reward to those who reverence and trust him. Psalm 112, verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. I'm wrapping this one up on y'all. We're wrapping it up. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. Here's this, uh, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. So we're fearing God and we love his commandments. Don't forget that. His descendants, his descendants, his descendants, my children, grandchildren, great, 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 grandchildren, trade them. They got to prosper, man. Freedom. The generation of that will be blessed. Verse 3. Wealth and riches. Now who is, who's qualified for this here now? That man who fears the Lord and delights great in his commandments. See? So wealth and riches is supposed to be in your house. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Tell your neighbor, wealth and riches in your house. Speak it to him by the word. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. All right, last place. Last place. Then we're going to pray. Deuteronomy 11. I hope this helped about 65 of y'all. Deuteronomy 11. I'm going to read a few verses here, but I'm going to read them straight through, okay? 
mean, because I, I know y'all didn't win the lottery. <laughs> Matter of fact, none of y'all won. Just the, I guess you can win like five numbers if you get five or six numbers, right? Am I right? So y'all, y'all like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm not. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Box straight. I don't know. Some of y'all sneaking to 7 Eleven about 2 o'clock in the morning. Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. I did that mess before. Y'all quiet. I did that mess before. Before I understood the kingdom of God, before I understood the word of God and faith and how God wanted you to prosper, I, I, I stopped my 7 Eleven out of town. I snuck over to, to Ray Jax. I, I remember Ray. Y'all, some of y'all didn't know about Ray Jax. I snuck over to Ray Jax. They had them tickets in there. One, two dollars gave them all back. Just give me, some, give me two more tickets. Hey, confession is good for the soul. I'm just telling you this. But I'm delivered. Deuteronomy 8, 11. I know y'all didn't win because you're here. If you were wrong, you wouldn't have been here today. Are you there in 11? I'm going to read verse 8 all the way through verse 21, so you might as well hold on to your seat. Let's read it straight through. You just, you just catch these words in here. It says, therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt or limitations from which you have come, where you sold, where you sold your seed and watered it by foot as vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Year-round prosperity. Verse 13, and it, sh and it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock, that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce and you perish quickly from the, from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. Got it? Verse 18. Therefore... You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall teach them 
to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them. You see what he's doing for the household? You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. All of that he said to say that if you obey God and walk uprightly with him for yourself and then teach your children to do the same thing, he said you'll live like days of heaven on earth. Put that verse 21 in the King James. In the King James. Hallelujah. As the days of heaven upon the earth. That's what I want you to see. When he's saying you're going to have days of heaven on earth, we talk about that, but we get excited. Boy, I'm like, we're going to have days of heaven on earth. Yes, that if you qualify. How do I qualify? I walk uprightly, and I teach my children to walk uprightly, and then I will, and they will, and their seed will, to a thousand generations, they will have days of heaven on earth. How do you change your family tree? Is you fear the Lord. You obey his commandments. You obey his voice. You serve him. Depart from evil. Walk with God. And you'll change your family tree. Do you receive that today? Will you give God a praise today for that? My, my, my. Pass us back. I'm back. Now, I went a long time, but let's go a little longer. I'm going to ask my brother Warren, Elder Evangelist Warren, if you'll come. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And I'm going to ask every person in this room, if you have children, either they're not serving God, have never served God, or they've walked away from God, or you know they're not, they might even be in church somewhere in the country but you know that they're not serving God as they should. And you're saying, God, maybe, maybe I didn't do everything right. Maybe I didn't, maybe, you know, I didn't know what I know now. But now I know. This same promise, thank you, Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, the Bible says this promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off. So even if your children are right now afar off, the promise is still to them. And if that's you and you say, Pastor, I'm believing God that because I'm walking right, I'm fearing God, I'm going to depart from evil, that my children, I don't care how old they are, they're going to be blessed too. But I want you to come. We're going to ask Elder Evangelist Warner if he'll come. He's going to pray. He's going to pray. Hallelujah. Some of you may be believing God for children who've never walked with God. Some of you, your children may be backslidden. 
We're not going to lay hands. I'm just, y'all make room. That's good. I want many people to come. Because we're going to pray this prayer. Because I'm praying it with you. I pray this for our four children every day. Because I don't want my children to stray away from God. And I tell my wife and I, we're just having this conversation with our children here a couple weeks ago. We tell them this all the time. Good is not good enough. Some of us have good children. They're good children. They're good. But good is not good enough. Maybe our children, they're not out robbing banks and doing the worst things in the world, but man, I want my children to know this way. I want my children to walk with God. And I might have missed it, but God can redeem the time. God can redeem the time. God can make up for all of my mistakes, my errors, my shortcomings. And he can restore them. And I'm going to make a decision for myself. But I'm going to walk uprightly with God and fear him so that I, I position my children for generations to come to walk in the goodness of God. Those of you that are watching at home, I want you in on this prayer as well. Wherever you are, position yourself. I don't want you just walking around. I want you to lift your hands at home. When Evangelist Warren prays for you, when he prays his prayer, it's going to include you right there at home. And God's going to touch us. And he sees us. Right now, what he sees is your heart. That sincere heart before him. And he's going to answer your prayer. Right now, what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen, is we are sealing our children into that circle. Some of our children that are outside the circle, we're bringing them in today. We're bringing them in today. Those children that we do have right now, they're already in the circle. We're sealing them in so they don't leave the circle. Y'all got it? Somebody else may need to be up here. I don't know who you are. You may need to be up here, whatever, whatever the case may be. Those of you, you say, I, I don't have any children yet, then even right where you are, you can say, God, I'm, no, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you that when I do, the seed that's still in my loins, they're never going to leave this circle. I'm going to start from day one raising them to fear the Lord. And they're never going to leave this circle. All right, we're about to pray. Everybody ready? You have those children's on, children's faces, their names on your, on your heart right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Right now, Father, we stand before you. Thank you that, God, you are our cover. God, as we, we, we stand here for our children, you said in your word to train up a child in the way that he or she should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from the way. And, Lord, we know that that does not mean that they won't stray 
because some of us standing here today are a testimony of those who we have strayed but the word that our parents planted in us the word that they taught us father brought us back and so we thank you right now and father we stand here today because we want to see our children in the circle in the circle of blessings we want to see them God standing in the circle where God they are covered by your blood and they're standing in the circle of inheritance that you have for them God even right now we know that that they're, they're in a place, some of us have children that are in a place, God, where they are not walking with you right now and we're standing in the gap for them. And Father, the enemy comes against us because, uh, 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 Father, he put in our mind, he put in our soul that that we want to, 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 to be uh, such friends with them, uh, to have such a wonderful relationship with them that we won't teach them the truth even as adults. We're worried that they won't call us or they won't talk to us. But Father, help us to walk in a way to honor you, to fear you so much so that we will speak truth to them in love. We will tell them, we love you, but you must choose to live right before God. So help us to, Father, teach them to fear you, to love you, to hate evil, to come into the circle. And so right now, God, we stand in the gap for them. We pray that, God, your Holy Spirit will go and you will, you will touch them, open their eyes to see you. God, bring them to that place in you God bring them to that place of surrender God bring them to their pigsty because in their pigsty they will come to their senses don't give them peace until they find peace in you God bring trouble in their life in order to bring them to you God in the name of Jesus even as they think that they are enjoying life right now, God, hallelujah, shake them up as, as you did for the children uh, 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 of Israel, the, the Hebrews who were in Egypt. Father, they got too comfortable there. And God, you raise up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And he enslaved them. And it was only when they got to that place that they begin to call out to you. So God, we're asking you right now for our children who are not in the circle, who think they are living a prosperous life. We pray that God, you will shake them up. You will bring them to that place. They are crying out to you, God. In the name of Jesus. They are relying on their own prosperity. They are relying on their own education. They are relying on that job that you have given them. And they are not relying on you, God. They are not walking with you. And above all, we want to see them walk with you. So God, right now, in the name of Jesus, every one of these parents, grandparents, who are 
all standing here, everyone who's standing while watching online, God standing for their children. God, we pray that you will answer that prayer. And then even, Father, for those who are standing who don't have children, God, that that young woman, that woman who one day wants to be married and have children, that, that young man who's standing walking with you one day wants to be a husband and a father, we're praying in advance, God. You bless them to find that husband. That you will bring that 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 wife who you have for him. And God, when you bring children into their life, let them do like Hannah did. In advance, say, God, every child you bring into our life, we are going to dedicate them to you. For the prosperity of our generations so God you do it right now change the family trees right now God change the family tree right now God we declare right now that the circle of poverty the circle of sin the circle of shame the circle of evil living is broken right now by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus we declare it done we receive it right now Father in the name of Jesus and Father we will fear you we will depart from evil we will hate evil we will abhor evil it will make us sick. And so, Father, we will love what you love. And we will hate what you hate. When it comes to our children, Father, we will let them know that we love them because you love them. But we will hate the sin in their life because you hate sin. So teach us to walk in a way that honors you every day so that we will be the examples before our children. And so we thank you. We thank you for the word that we have heard today. Father, we came hungry and you have fed us. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's give the Lord a hallelujah shout. Hallelujah! In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.